Blog Talk Radio. Driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. It's talking in circles. There's a voice in my head that drives my heel. With your host, Clayton Caldwell. My baby calling till I need you here. And John Harlow. And it's a half past four and I'm shifting gear. Hello everybody, welcome to Talking in Circles. I am Clayton Caldwell here with John Harlow tonight. And we were going to break down the Southern 500 tonight, talking about Brad Keselowski's victory. And we will touch on that for sure. Brad beat out his teammate Joe Logano and Kyle Larson, who had a dominant car today. Also, we're going, to, we're going to discuss a little bit later Kevin Harvick and Ross Chastain situation from the Xfinity Series race on Saturday night at Darlington. Who was right? We'll talk about that. But, of course, the lead story has to be Martin Truex Jr.'s team, Furniture Racing, is closing their doors after the 2018 season, something that has been looming here for the last few weeks. It just seemed like this was the situation they were going towards. And as soon as the talks broke up with GMS Racing, you could see that it did not seem like Furniture Racing was going to find the funds to keep going. They have now decided to close their doors. A shocking revelation here. This team a year ago, less than a year ago, in November of 2017, was standing in the championship Victory Lane at Homestead Miami Speedway. They were on the stage after championship winning team in December in Las Vegas for the banquet. And in December of 2018, a year later, they will be unemployed because their team will be shutting down. A shocking revelation here, John, uh, for a lot of people. But this is the situation it's at. Martin Schurz Jr. is out of a ride. Cole Perns out of a job. Sounds like they're going to go elsewhere. But what were your initial thoughts when you read this? And, and heard about this news uh, here on Tuesday afternoon. Well, first of all, I was a little sad. More, I mean, more than anything, I was sad. Um, second of all, I looked at it, and this basically justifies something I've been griping, moaning, and complaining about for, what, two, three years now, Clayton? The business model of NASCAR is broke, and this proves it more than anything. The championship defending champion, who still has a shot, they could end up celebrating in Las Vegas in December as the cup champion and have nowhere to go afterwards. Now, don't worry about it. Martin Truex Jr. and Cole Pern will find jobs. And according to some reports, they already have. Some of the crew members are going to find jobs. Their engineering staff is probably going to get sucked into Joe Gibbs Racing if that's where they're going. But it's sad. Barney Visser spent 15 years in, or 13 years in the sport. Started in 2005 in the Xfinity Series. He went through some crap. Kenny Wallace, um, Joe Nemechek, Regan Smith got his first win at, at Darlington, and then the first. I mean, Kurt Busch got him into the playoffs, and then Martin Truex Jr. That first year together, they were a train wreck. But Martin Truex Jr. was going through a lot of stuff with Sherry Pollock's his girlfriend, going through uh, cancer again. And he just wasn't meshing with his crew chief. But then they put Cole Pern in. Furniture Row Racing has 17 or 18 wins as an organization, 17 of them with Martin Truex Jr. They have been as good a team the last four years. I mean, you look, when they ran the last year in Chevy, they made the playoffs. They were a good team, 
they outperformed everybody at Richard Childress Racing. But they just didn't have enough at the end. When they got to Toyota, and they wound up getting Gibbs and making it better. And Barney Visser put his own money in it all but last year and this year. I mean, he was somewhat sponsored last year with Bass Pro Shops, the auto uh, insurance group. And then he had the 77, which Toyota basically said, hey, give us a car for Eric Jones. We'll, we got the sponsorship with Five Hour Energy, so we can get him there for a while until we get, get him to Gibbs. But Barney Visser took him from crap to the top of the mountain. And Barney Visser piled millions and millions of his own millions and millions of his own dollars into the team. And he wasn't going to do it anymore. And I don't blame him. And I think one of the big things that what played into this decision was Barney Visser's heart attack last fall. Because he's got to look at it. His kids really don't like racing that much. They weren't going to keep going. He wants to build a nest egg for his family. He keeps he kept throwing good money after bad, and he wasn't going to do it anymore. It's sad for the sport. The business model is this screwed up. And that's the thing. I think that's the biggest thing is the business model is, is so messed up. And, you know, I think everybody kind of looks at these charters as sort of a um, a little bit of a saving grace and, and help these owners, and I don't think they've done that. You know, I think these charters, not that they've, I don't think they've really hurt the owners anything, but I don't think they've really helped them either. I mean, What's furniture racing going to get out of this? We'll see, I guess, when whoever acquires that charter, maybe $2 million out of it. And you could say, well, that's worth more than what they would have gotten two years ago. But still, there was supposed to be some financial compensation behind these charters uh, by just by just having one. Um, and if they're not really valuable to have them, what's the point? Then why is somebody going to pay a lot of money to have them? Um, that, that's certainly something I think when you look at it and you say, uh, maybe we need to go back to the drawing board and create something different. You know, these charters, I think a lot of people looked at them and said, even if we didn't have sponsorship, that's the kind of thing you want to look at and say, if we don't have enough sponsorship, maybe the charter can get us a couple of races. Well, it doesn't even look like it's doing that anymore. Um, and I just think we need to look at the business model. And I think everybody needs to take a look at this and, and be alarmed and, and sit there and go, you know what? It's time to kind of swallow our own pride and, and take a hit. And maybe, just maybe, NASCAR won't make as much money. Maybe the tracks won't make as much money. But maybe it'll save a sport to sport and save a team like Furniture Racing, which, like you said, has been in this sport since 2005. They've worked their tail off to get to where they are. They get into an alliance with Joe Gibbs Racing, which is the best thing they could have done. They got a um, phenomenal crew chief in Cole Pern, and they're winning a lot of races. They've won 17 races in four years. That's like the second best in the sport um they've been unbelievable all these last three or four years here really since cole Pern took over as crew chief and martin Church jr took over as driver um and now they're shutting down and it's just the sad part i think for a lot of people is it just shows you it doesn't matter how you perform it can happen to the best of teams it can happen to a team that is running winning the championship and running for, for the championship. I mean, right now, if you look, talk to people, we've been talking all year about the big three. Included in the big three is Martin Tricks Jr., who drives the furniture racing. That's not even going to be around next year. It's hard to wrap your mind around it. It really, really is because he's just been so good this year. And, you know, I think you're right. I think it comes down to Barney Visser not wanting to put a dime into this race team. I've called this – I've been on this for a couple of weeks. I've known Barney Visser hasn't wanted to put a dime into this team, and it just did not look like once. Five-hour energy 
announced they weren't coming back, everybody had that grim look on their face. Martin Truex Jr., you could just tell something was up with that race team. And when he got out of that car at Bristol and kicked the door in, that was a little bit more than Martin Truex Jr. being frustrated at Bristol. That was Martin Truex Jr. frustrated with the entire situation around his career. And I do feel for Martin Truex Jr. because he's in a situation where he finally and the nonsense that happened with that. He finally gets into a good, a capable ride, a fantastic ride, a ride that can win championships, and he can only live, live with it for three years. That's got to be frustrating. I understand it. And that is I feel sorry for Martin Truex Jr., Cole Pern, and everybody who works their tail off at Furniture Racing because they're a one heck of a race team, and it's a shame they can't be around next year, John. Well, the sad part is, I mean, and unfortunately, a lot of craps happened around Martin Truex Jr., none of it his fault. He comes up to DEI great in that one car. And then Teresa and Dale Jr. and Kelly have their falling out. The reason Martin Truex Jr. went to DEI to begin with because Dale Earnhardt Jr. picked him. And Truex was stuck there for another couple years after Jr. left. And one year they were DEI, then one year they were with Ganassi, and Teresa started walking away. And Truex just wasn't happy with the Ganassi group. They went to Mikey and ran pretty well for Michael Waltrip Racing for what they did. They kept building, they were building a program, and then they had the spin gate. Truex did nothing in that. He had nothing that was his fault. He was driving his ass off trying to make the playoffs. And um, the higher-ups at Micro Waltrip Racing decided they were going to play games. They had Boyer spin. Truex gets in the playoffs. No, Truex, sorry, you don't make the playoffs. Oh, sorry, Napa's going to go away. Napa was so ticked off that they left the sport for a year. Truex had no ride through no fault of his own. He's the one who qualified for the playoffs by working his tail off. He would have made the playoffs even without the spin. But he ends up out of a ride. Goes to Furniture Row Racing. His first year at Furniture Row Racing was a dumpster fire. And not just because he didn't mesh with the crew chief that they had there. His life was in shambles because his girlfriend was battling cancer hard. And Barney Visser basically said, hey, Martin, go be with Sherry. Your ride will be here. How many people, how many times have you ever heard that in a garage area? You've seen drivers drive with their eyes duct taped open because they didn't want anybody else in their car. And when the car owner says your ride will be here, even though Martin Truex kept driving, I think that's why Martin Truex stayed with Furniture Row Racing this year because he signed a one-year option. He signed a one-year deal this year. He had a chance to go anywhere else in the garage. I bet he was getting played hard by Stuart Haas Racing last year whenever that option wasn't, whenever he, before he signed the one-year deal. And stayed with Furniture Row because they had full sponsorship, thinking they were going to keep it. Then Five Hour Energy decided they were going to walk away. Through no fault of his own, Martin Truex Jr., very good representative for the sport, very good representative for his sponsors. But a different business model for Five Hour Energy. I go back to, I pin a lot of this on Brian France again. I pin a lot of this on the business model of NASCAR. I was listening to Moody this afternoon. 
And one of the things he was talking about is the purse needs to make it to where it's affordable. You need to earn, I mean, the purse has to pay for you to come. Instead of living on $30 million sponsorships that aren't there, the $30 million sponsorship days are gone. The only full-time, only one sponsor guy is Jimmy Johnson and Lowe's is walking away. The next closest thing is Denny Hamill with FedEx. They have a couple races with sport clips, but that's mostly FedEx all season long. Everybody else is four or five different sponsors to try to get to $30 million. And Brian France sold the sport for $20 million a year to Monster Energy. Why in God's name would you as a business owner say, I'm going to pay $30 million for one car when I can have the whole sport for 20 He screwed the owners. He screwed the teams. He screwed the sport because he saw $20 million sitting in front of him, and he said, I'll take it. And And – I think that's we look at this is is the fact that what you touched on, this purse needs to be better. Um, I, I know we don't get the the money anymore from from the purse. We don't we're not privileged to that information to see how much money a team is taking home anymore. But I remember when they used to give you that. And if you would look at the purse of a race in 2003 and a purse at a race in 2012, you'd look at that and you'd go. They're virtually the same. They went up like five hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, but when you think about the sport and how how it's changed in those nine years, that's nothing. That's that's horrible. What what in the world? And I'll give you an example: the All Star race. The All Star race hasn't gone up at all in in the last however many years. So, you know, it does need to go up, and I don't think that that the money. I think maybe this year. Everybody's starting to wake up because I think the money is finally become a an issue to most of these teams and most of these people. Um, so I think when you look at that from a standpoint, is yeah, it, it's a the money needs to go up, the purse needs to go up. There's no doubt about that. I don't think there's any doubt about that. And it's a shame that that Martin Truex Jr. and Furniture Racing are paying the price, but we need, do need to do right sizing. I think everybody in this sport whether it was NASCAR, whether it was the racetracks, whether it was the drivers, whether it was the team owners, made a ton of money, um, a ton of money for the last 15 years, 20 years, and everybody's saying, hey, we're in good shape. Now it's starting to go, hey, you know what, maybe the drivers need to take a pay cut. Um, you can say what you want, but William Byron's fully sponsored this year. Uh, so was Alex Bowman. You know, those guys are, are pretty much fully sponsored, but they're not making nearly the amount of money of of let's say a Kevin Harvick or a Clint Boyer or a veteran driver out there, and I truly believe, and I've said this before, that Kurt Busch is, has left, will leave Stuart Haas Racing at the end of the year because of money. There's no other reason to leave Stuart Haas Racing. You talked about Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. won a championship at Furniture Racing, so he would have been it would have been strange for him to go somewhere else because you would have said, well, he just won a championship. What else can you do? Kurt Busch has run very, very good this year. Stuart Haas Racing is in their best season they've ever had. So why would Kurt Busch leave Stuart Haas Racing? The only logical explanation for that is he's not going to be paid the same amount of money he was paid last year. And maybe Rob Kaufman and those people at Chip Ganassi Racing say, we want a better race car driver, we're going to bring in Kurt Busch, and we're going to pay him the amount of money he's, he's accustomed to, to making. 
and that's why he's going to go there. I just don't see any other reason leaving, any other reason why he would leave. So I think everybody in this sport needs to kind of sit there and go, it's looking at this and saying, whoa, this isn't good. And our right-sizing needs to be done. The $20 million, it could feel the cup team, but it can't feel the cup team with the current salaries of the drivers and all, all the people and all the parts that we go in and we use right now in the cup series. Maybe spec parts are the way to go. I don't know. I think four-car teams are crazy. Uh, I would love to see NASCAR institute a rule to where they say it's a two-car operation only, and you have to get down to two cars within the next five years and see how that works from there. I think that would help these smaller teams in the back of the field and help maybe level the cost because I think four teams is crazy. Um, so there's a lot to look at, but no doubt the cost factor in the business model here, it, it's been rough. And I'll tell you something else, John. I don't think these races on FS1 and NBCSN have helped anything. You're walking up to a sponsor and saying, hey, you can sponsor, you can sponsor our car for $10 million, but 18 of our races are on a network that only 30% of the country gets. I'm sure the sponsors aren't jumping up for joy and saying, yeah, we want to be a part of that. That's another thing to look at as well. I didn't really look yet, but I almost bet the ratings for Saturday's Xfinity race were better than they were for Sunday's Southern 500 because the Xfinity race was on big NBC and the cup race was on NBCSN. The one thing that, again, I, I've talked about this before. I did a research project at Kansas Speedway. And you think about a couple of these things. Dover has a casino at the track. The track loses money, but the casino doesn't. They could sell, they could go no tickets, not sell a t-shirt, not sell a hot dog because of the profits a casino makes. They could run both races, pay the purse, and not lose a dollar overall at Dover, Dover Downs between the Motorsports Group and the casino. Kansas Speedway does the same thing. They could run seven races, full purse, not sell a car, not sell a ticket, not sell a beer, not sell a T-shirt. They could run seven races with full purse and not lose a dollar. And you think about it, they say about the tracks need this, the tracks need this. Yeah, building the tracks, building these monstrosities, that cost them some money. Kansas Speedway has 16 full-time employees, 16. That's what? A couple of the engineers, the pit crew, the driver, the motor coach driver, and the spotter, and that's how much on a cup team that you can run Kansas Speedway for the year, team full-time employees. So don't give me this that NASCAR needs money. Don't give me this crap that Speedway Motorsports needs money. Don't give me this crap that ISC needs money. <clears throat> They're doing a great thing at Richmond with this inside, with the uh, fan experience inside. They're spending a hell of a lot of money for two days a year. They're not investing their money right. And I know they're like, oh, yeah, the fans need more of an experience. Give them Wi-Fi, give them some shade, and get them to the track. The fan experience inside the infield, put as many concerts on as you want. That's going to be great. The race is what is supposed to be centerpiece. And if you can get them to the track, they're going to come back. 
Find a way to deal with the hotels around the track. Bristol's great. I love Bristol. But you can't I could never go there. I'd have to I'd have to go to Israel to sell a kidney to be able to afford a hotel room within a fifty mile radius of Bristol on race weekend. And you look, there were a lot of empty seats at Bristol for the night race, which you used to never see. It's just sad how the whole thing is gone. They could do it. They could write. I mean, I don't even think it's a driver's salary. To be honest with you, I think the drivers should be paid more than anybody. They're the ones who take their lives in their own hands by grabbing that steering wheel and putting the helmet on. They're the ones with the most risk of anybody. Give the drivers what they earn. I'm all for taking care of the drivers because that's who we're there to see. Make it worth our while. The sport is going to hell in a handbasket. We don't know who the next set of owners are and who in the, I mean, they talked about it today with Moody. Mark Cuban looked at buying, he loves NASCAR, looked at buying into a team, figured there's no way in hell he can make money. So he said, screw that. I'm, I'm a billionaire for a reason. I watched uh, Race Hub on FS1 tonight. Two guys who owned race teams and had won races as car owners. Michael Waltrip, Andy Petrie on there, saying that there's no way on God's earth they could even think about being able to field a team right now because of how screwed up the business model is. Until NASCAR figures it out, until the tracks, the owners, the drivers, and the sanctioning body get together and say, okay, we're failing. We are losing people in the seats. We are losing eyeballs on the TVs. We're losing sponsors. We're losing drivers. We're losing teams. And not just back marker teams. I mean, Tommy Baldwin loved him, competitive team. This is it. We're, we're not losing Tommy Baldwin this week. We're losing Furniture Row Racing, who still parks in the first spot in the garage because they are the defending cup champion. And that car and that trailer will not be there next year. If that's not a wake-up call to the idiots down at Daytona Beach, I sure as hell don't know what is. Comment seven eight nine eight two eight zero. Talking in circles, Clayton Caldwell, John Harlow here with you. And we can talk about the business model all night long, no doubt about it. I think we all agree that there's definitely needs to be some kind of – they need to go back to the drawing board. I don't think these charters are the way to go, um, at least in, in the formation that they are in right now. They need to be kind of either revamped or totally uh, thrown out, and something else needs to be created to help the finance of, the, of this sport. There's no doubt about that. Um, so – I, I totally agree with you, and, and we have Lee in Virginia with us tonight. Hello, Lee. What's going on? Not much, guys. How are you? Good to have you on, Lee. Well, nice to hear. You. Nice to hear you not on a train tonight, Lee. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I'll tell you some shocking news this week. Oh, not shocking, but just I think eye-opening news for everybody in the sport that that the defending series champion team cannot continue on and. You know, I think the most despicable thing of this whole thing is that team may, may need $20 million to come in and run or whatever they needed. How could NASCAR not step up and fund them? I mean, you know, we've seen for years now where Bernie Ecclestone and F1 used to help a lot of teams out if they couldn't have the funding. You know, here's $5 million, here's $10 million here. 
to keep them afloat. And this is your defending just to save the sport, save the face for the sport. You got to make it look better than this. So I mean, I, I think you know that's that's the whole thing. There is they don't even want to give a dime for that, and that shows you why they don't want to raise the purses. Everybody's battling over over pennies, and it it, it shows you here with with this whole news here. You know, I mean, I hope the track owners and and I hope uh, you know they're all happy because they're responsible for this, and you know, I hope they're happy when they go home at night and sleep at night in their multi-million dollar homes and have control of everything. I hope that they're happy because they're at fault, the track owners and NASCAR. Now, John, we've seen this before in NASCAR, believe it or not. I know a lot of people are going to be saying, oh, you know, it is a big, big story. There's no doubt about it. But we've seen the defending series championship team shut down. But I think it was a completely different situation back in 1990 when Rusty Wallace and Blue Max Racing shut down and Rusty Wallace had to move to Team Penske. They had a full-time sponsor at Miller Genuine Draft that Rusty Wallace sort of took to Team Penske. I don't think it was the fact that Blue Max Racing um, just couldn't find sponsorship. I just think they sort of didn't want to really do it anymore. This is a, a factor of a team that won a championship, and, and Blue Max wasn't really great in 1990. They did really good in 89, obviously. They weren't great in 1990. This is the best, one, the top three team in the sport right now, is this different in your eyes than 1990 Blue Max Racing? Uh, what are your thoughts? I think in 1990 Blue Max Racing, Raymond Beetle um, still had his fingers in drag racing as well. So I think he looked at it as like, where do I park my money? Do I park my money in NASCAR where I'm not going to make anything? Or do I mark it over, park it over at NHRA where I can make some money at this? And he wound up going back to NHRA and doing well with it. Uh, I think it's a whole lot different than the one in 1990. I mean, Rusty wanted to work. Him and Roger Penske had talked for years about getting together and they finally had the opportunity to. So that's what they wound up doing. I don't think Martin Truax wanted to leave Furniture Row Racing. I think he had undying loyalty to Barney Visser because of the way he treated him that first year whenever he got to Denver, Colorado driving for Furniture Row and Sherry got sick. The team was a dumpster fire and Barney said, hey, take care of your girlfriend. Your ride is here. And, I mean, Truex, everything you've seen about him, I've seen him a couple times in the infield at different races and stuff. He's not the asshole that some of these drivers are. He's a regular guy. He'll go out in the fishing boat with his dad still. He's a good guy. He believes in loyalty. And I don't think he wanted to leave. And it just came to the point where he couldn't, there was no other option that Barney's like, Hey, I, I can't keep pouring money after this. My family doesn't really care about the racing business. And I've poured 13 years of money of my, or 12 years of money of my own. And this is the first year he's had a fully sponsored car. And in the middle of that year, it's gone away. And Truex and Cole Pern will land on their feet. A lot of the engineers will land on their feet, but it is a sad day that it's come to this. Yeah, how about Lee? John just talked about it here. Um, Martin Trix Jr. and Cole Pern, their future. A lot a lot has been written. Um, I think Motorsport.com, if I have it correctly, reported that it sounds like Martin Trix Jr., Cole Pern, and Bass Pro Shops are going to be moving to the number 19 team at Joe Gibbs Racing, replacing Daniel Suarez. Suarez's future is sort of up in the air. There's talks 
that the number 95 team at Levine Family Racing is going to come and move to Toyota, and Suarez is going to go there. There's talk I've heard about Suarez possibly going to the NASCAR Xfinity Series and running for Junior Motorsports. I don't see that at all. There's even been some talks maybe about Suarez entertaining a ride at Stuart Haas Racing in the 41 if Aris comes with him. So there's a lot of stuff up in the air right now. What are your thoughts on Martin Truex Jr.'s 2019 season and beyond? Uh, and if he does go to the 19, what are his expectations? Well, I think if he goes to the 19, the expectations are to win the championship. You know, Joe Gibbs Racing was a top-level team two years ago, and, and, and there still are a top-level team, but I think they were the top-level team two, three years ago with Matt Kenseth, Carl Edwards, Kyle Busch, and Denny Hamlin. Their driver lineup looks a lot different now, and outside of Kyle Busch, that team's got one win this year. So it shows you how far they've fallen off losing Carl Edwards and losing Matt Kenseth. And so I think they want to replace that. And I know Suarez's money is good, and, and Carlos Slim is an extremely wealthy man, but Martin Truex Jr. is bringing some dollars uh, to the table here. So to me, um, if you put everything together, it's going to equal right about the same of what RS is paying me anyway. And Truex, listen, I think the whole ball started rolling here when Truex wanted to get hired, wanted to get paid. He wants to still, you know, he's a, and I think, in, this is one of the rare instances where I actually agree with the driver in this. He's the defending champion, and he wanted to get paid like the defending champion, you know. And I think these guys, you know, he's 38 years old. How much, how much more opportunities he going to have to get paid like this? And he looked at it and said, "Barney, if you're not going to pay me, I'll take, I'll go elsewhere." He also, on top of that, was the one that brought Bass Pro Shop to the table, but. We should have seen the handwriting on the wall about this last year. When the 77 closed down and everybody was celebrating that the 78 was fully funded, I looked around and I said, wait a minute, they're taking a sponsor from the 77. To me, that's not what this is all about. You've got to be able to sell sponsorship from your championship, and they didn't do that. So um, there's a lot that went into it, but it's unfortunate. But, yeah, I think Truex in the 19, their expectations, champion championship that's what you got to expect and i think joe gives racing will take it to the next level because i think the feedback they're getting from that 19 car now isn't very good well lee one of the things i have a question about if you think about if you look at the overall picture of things the 77 did go away and truex they brought five hour energy over and they were fully funded in the 78 and you look, like you said, Joe Gibbs Racing, losing Matt Kenseth, losing Carl Edwards, the feedback that they got in the driver's meetings and the feedback meetings and the engineering meetings is night and day compared to Eric Jones and Daniel Suarez. But you also look at the way things are. Kurt Busch wants money. He, and he's bringing Monster Energy with him. He's probably going to go somewhere else for 2019. And the rumors for him is going to the one with Jamie McMurray. Casey Kane's walking away from the sport. Casey Kane isn't washed up. He's a decent driver, but he's not washed up. Kenseth is playing around with Roush Fenway, but doesn't know if he's going to be back next year. Um, back in the day, it used to be the owner hired the driver, and then the team found sponsorship for it. Now it's like almost everywhere else except – I mean, Stuart Haas, you look at Clint Boyer, he's barely funded. They keep finding 
one-off sponsors here and there for Clint Boyer, but everybody else, it's like, you bring a sponsor, you get to play. Eric Camarola went to the 10 because he had Smithfield with him. Danica Patrick stayed in the sport how long because she had sponsorship with her. Um, Trevor Bain stayed in the six, even though he's been a dumpster fire the past couple of years because he had Abacare with him. Most of the places anymore, if you can bring sponsorship, you can have a ride. Except for the few instances like Kyle Larson, Kyle Bush, uh, stuff like that. But most of the places, if you bring sponsorship, you bring a ride. How bad is it? That shows how upside down the business model is where you're not hiring quality drivers. You're hiring sponsors that come with drivers. No doubt. And I think that's exactly – you're exactly right. You know, there's a lot of people out there who have brought sponsorships with them, and that is why they have their own – their ride right now. And that's that's unfortunate. And I always say not only does it hurt the owners – uh, it doesn't really hurt the owners, but what it really hurts, you know, one is the business model, but two, it hurts the competition in the sport, and that's what you're trying to sell is, is we're the best drivers in, this, in the world that do this, and you don't if people are paying for their rides. So, um, you know, I think when you look at it from that standpoint, you're absolutely right. Um, but as far as the 2019 Philly season goes, there's still a lot out there. You've got the 41. Uh, if if you know, look, Adam Stern this week tweeted that it's looking more and more likely Kurt Busch will go to the one car at Chip Ganassi Racing. I truly believe that's going to happen. So the 41 cars out there. You mentioned earlier, John, the six, if Matt Kenseth wants to go back there to drive that car. Um, and the 95 needs a driver there as well, whether that's Suarez or not. Uh, Lee, I want your opinion. You know, Right now, those other three rides have been sort of quiet. We've heard a lot of rumblings of Truex going to the 19. We've heard a lot of rumblings the last couple of weeks. since, And it finally came to fruition this week. Um, do you see anybody else? I mean, I know Ryan Priest has been in, been rumored also to go to the 47 and Asia Almendinger is out. Um, but that's nothing official there either. Who do you see in, in some of these rides that you think um, – and? You know, what do you see about the silly season moving forward? Is there any more possible big announcements? Well, I think an interesting one to keep an eye on is the 31 at Richard Childress Racing. You know, Caterpillar was the main reason why Ryan Newman was there because they wanted a veteran driver. Um, they, you know, they did not want Ty Dillon. And after watching the racing this year, who can blame him? But they wanted a veteran guy there who proved they, they could win a championship. Well, now they're only doing eight races with RCR. So that's an easy one to to look at and say, okay, Newman's contract is kind of up. Where do we go from here? Um, and the problem is there's not a lot of options. Where you go, where who who you going to hire? You know, and you're not going to overpay somebody to come in and take that ride. So you got to look at it and say Newman will most likely stay, but that's a, that's a seat that could open up if somebody falls into their lap. I know they were in negotiating with Kurt Busch. Um, that didn't happen. I think Truex would have been on their radar had he lost his ride and didn't have one open, but I think Toyota's Toyota's helping that deal over there with Truex as well. And um, That's about it. The 31 is about it. The interesting thing that we're going to have to watch too is, you know, I know it's kind of a back market team, but Front Row Motorsports, um, they got a third charter now, a fourth charter now actually, and a third race team. And uh, what ends up with what was BK Racing for 2019? 
Well, my question, and I've been on this all along, and I still want to know, Eric Jones, are they going to make it worth his while to stay in Xfinity? Because he's looking at it as like, okay, I've proven what I can do here in the Xfinity series. I'm right here battling for a championship. I'm ready for the show. And could it be another Casey Kane scenario like, like he was at Ford driving Xfinity with a futures contract with Robert Yates Racing and Yates couldn't get him in a cup car? So Kane said, okay, I'm going to Ray Everham, and Ford tried to sue and lost. Could that be what Eric Jones does? I mean, I'm sorry if I'm Stuart Haas Racing, and I have a choice between Eric Jones and Cole Custer. Is good Christopher, Cole Custer. Christopher Bell. I would jump at Eric Jones in a heartbeat. I mean, uh, Christopher Bell in a heartbeat. I think a lot of people yeah, are, are – go ahead, Clay. No, no, go ahead, Lee. That's fine. I think a lot of teams are a little bit reluctant to sign a kid, a young driver, without a sponsor after one year of Xfinity. You know, I know William Byron did made the jump this year. I like William Byron. I think William Byron's got a lot of talent in the 24 car at Hendrick Motorsports, but let's just say they haven't had the best of year. They haven't had a good year at all. I think, we, I think a lot of people have expected them to pick up their performance here in the second half of the season. That hasn't happened. Um, and so... I think that's just an experience. And, you know, it's one thing to look to drive a Joe Gibbs racing car in the Xfinity series. It's another thing to make the jump to the cup series. I think you need another year or two in Xfinity. And I think manufacturers know that. I think, I think team owners know that. And Byron is at the 24 right now for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, he doesn't, he's not getting paid a lot of money to be the driver until he brought Liberty university with him to the table. So, Having that together is what brought him to the Cup Series, not necessarily his talent. Um, and when you're a Toyota guy, though, you've got to look at what seats could be opening up. That's the interesting thing. But I think we'll have more of this discussion, and I think Christopher Bell will make more of a decision next year after another good year in Xfinity where he can look at it and say, okay, now I want to go Cup racing, but you've got five full seats with the 95. Where am I going to end up? You just moved Truex over. You got Kyle Busch, who is not going anywhere. Hamlin does not seem like he's going anywhere. And Eric Jones is a very good young driver. Where do, where's my future? I could see somebody swooping in and grabbing him there. Maybe Ganassi with the one if Kurt retires. But at that point, I, I think we're going to talk about that more next year because I think teams are a little reluctant to bring a driver that raw to the Cup Series because it took – Chase Elliott a long time to win. It took Kyle Larson more years than I think we expected it for him to win. And I think they're a little reluctant because of that. That's okay, a fair Lee, point. And I want to bring up. I want to see a question for Lee. Put your crystal ball in. Who's the better driver five years down the road, Cole Custer or Christopher Bell? Oh. <laughs> That's not even a question, John. I mean, Christopher Bell 15 times over. I, I like Cole. Okay. Cole but Cole's Gene won. Fox. Cole's won. Cole's won a lot of race, runs some races in his career, but I think that double zero car is much better than what is showing on the racetrack right now in Xfinity. Okay, so Gene Haas is putting Haas Automation on the 41, and if it's Cole Custer or Christopher Bell, and I'm looking at the long-term future of my team, I can sit Christopher Bell for another I mean, uh, Cole Custer another year or two until Boyer's ready to hang it up. And it seems like Cole Custer's happy in the Xfinity series. I bring Christopher Bell over if I'm Stuart Haas tomorrow. I yeah, would but jump then, on that. You know, 
these rich kids, look what happened with the Dillons. You know, they stand there and stomp their feet like kids in Kmart when they don't get their way. And, you know, I think Joe Custer would rather not hear his kid bitch that he's in the Xfinity Series for another year. So, But also Joe uh, Custer would not have a job if Tony Stewart didn't come over and be part of the team because Gene Haas is in jail and was going to close it. Yeah, well, I think Joe Custer might leave if his kid doesn't get a riding cup as well. And that's the thing. And and that's an employee we're talking about at the race team. Uh, what they, I think, look at as a valuable employee to that race team. And if it was just a guy who brought money, John, I totally, totally agree with you. I say, listen, go after Christopher Bell. If that was the case, if it was just Cole Custer there, because he's in the, he brings money to the extremity series and say, yeah, you're right. You probably should go after Bell, but it's not. It'll cause animosity within that race team. And I know you don't think Custer's a valuable employee or whatnot, but he is. And I just think blocking him to go to the, the Cup Series, uh, it'll cause a little bit of animosity in that race team. I just don't see them doing it. I think Bell's going to win the Series this year. Go ahead, please. No, go ahead. I said one more team that, that's interesting to bring up when you're done here. Well, and and I just think Custer's going to stay in the Xfinity. Uh, Bell's going to stay in the Xfinity Series. And Custer as well. I, I don't know who the 41's going to go to, but I've been saying this. I think they're going to go somebody really, really cheap there. Um, because they, they they let Kurt Busch go, and the only reason why I think they would let Kurt Busch go is because he was asking for an astronomical price to get paid, and they didn't want to pay it. Because so, they had monster there. Keep that in mind. I just think the 41 is looking at it and going really cheap there. Well, what else do you have to say? Uh, and and I, think, I think it could end up being Cole Custer in the 41. I think they'd rather it not this season. But they're looking for a veteran driver who can run up front and win races for the price that they're asking. And that driver may not be out there. So you look around and you say, where are other options? Okay, let's take our young driver who's going to run for, you know, dirt cheap and put him in the cup car. I could see that happening easily. He's our future anyway. It's not like they have very many things on the way. They have Colt, they have uh, uh, Trace Briscoe, but he's a couple of years away. He hasn't even run full-time in Xfinity yet. So, to me, that that's a long way out. I mean, what can happen with that with that team in the future? That forty one team is 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 kind of interesting, and I think it could end up still being Custer there. One team that's interesting, and I I heard this floated around earlier this week, is GMS Racing. You know that, it, and obviously, you look at what happens to the assets of the seventy eight team. And, you know, they've got cars, which nobody really is going to use the cars, but I guess the chassis they could use. But the bodies get reskinned basically almost every week. Um, they've got a, a shop, which nobody's going to use in in, uh, in Denver, but they've got, a, they've got a charter as well. So what happens with all of that? GMS Racing has been a team that's been kicking the tires quite a bit on going cup racing. I asked a, a, a person who's in the know or who, who you know has given me a lot of information in the past who he thinks their driver could be if they go cup racing next year and his the name he threw out there was jamie mcmurray and that's probably the one place jamie mcmurray could land i don't see him going to Stuart haas i definitely don't see him going back to roush um and it would be a good bridge until spencer gallagher might be ready because i mean I think they still have Spencer in purgatory. I think his dad's kind of slapping him around for failing the drug test because he hasn't been back in that 23 car on a regular basis in the Xfinity series. I think they have him they, driving the truck the rest of the year. Well, well, he was supposed to drive the truck at Canada and in, in Canada a couple of weeks ago, 
and hurt his shoulder, and I'm using air quotes here, and they put Timothy Peters in it. Um, from what I'm hearing, you know, he's not going to be driving that truck for a little while. So they've got to get whatever's going on with Spencer Gallagher straightened out because I think he is definitely their future driver, but he's a guy that, you know, they that it, it's going to get to a point where I think Maurice Gallagher is going to spend all this money and say, what the hell am I spending this for if my kid's not going to be around the race? How about the Roush situation? I mean, we know Bain's not going to be back there next year. There's rumors Bain's going to go to Xfinity with Joe, uh, uh, Junior Motorsports. I'm sure there's other opportunities. Maybe Bain's a one-year deal in the 41. Maybe he goes to GMS Racing and brings sponsorship there. Who knows? Uh, so, But Bain's future is very much up in the air next season, and there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he's going to be out at the sixth car. Matt Kenseth is there right now. Um, Matt's a, a very, very good driver. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he can still get the job done. He's aging, and they're going to need a plan here for Ross Fenway. He's going to need a plan here in the next three or four years as to what they're going to do with their second race team. Um, Matt can certainly get them maybe next year and the year after, but after that they're going to need a plan. So I guess my, point, my question is, who drives this six car next year? Would Matt Kenseth even want to drive that car this year with how that car with how that car has performed? What are your thoughts on this, John? And then we'll go to Lee. Um, what are your thoughts on Ross Fenner Racing in that six car? I'll be honest with you. I was shocked that Matt Kenseth came back to run the six mm-hmm. car. I mean, after uh, he left to go to Joe Gibbs and Toyota, I was surprised that Matt went back to Roush because Jack has this thing if somebody goes to a Toyota car. Jack just does not want anybody dealing with Toyota. Um, the six car, I mean, I don't see anybody coming up worthwhile out of the Ford camp unless he's going to go with a Austin Cindric or a Chase Briscoe or something like that. There's nobody spectacular coming up who's a Ford driver. Um, and there's nobody I really see going into that car because if you're a quality driver, it's a step down, and that's one of the things you talk about whenever we look at Kurt Busch possibly going to the one. Kurt Busch is fourth in points right now, and taking a going to the one is a step backwards in my mind. It's got to be about money because Kurt, at the end of his career, wants to make as much money as he can before he retires, and God bless him for that. But it's a step down in competition. I don't know who would step into the six car unless it's somebody just hanging on. Like if Newman gets replaced in the 31, I might see him do that for a year. And Newman probably would be a guy like Kansas who can technically be able to help the car and help them with the setup and help them with building the car. But other than that, I have no idea who would go into that six car. How about you, Lee? Do you think a guy like Ross Chastain, might be a, uh, an interesting candidate for this ride. You look at Ross. He, listen, I know he had a scuffle with Kevin Harvick, but he was absolutely fantastic in that race at the toughest racetrack on the circuit, one of the toughest racetracks on the circuit in Darlington. He ran that race great, took the pole, won both stages. He was great. He did a lot for what I, I think he did a lot for his career, and he still got two races to go in that 42. Do you think Jack Roush would look at that as an opportunity to say, let's get this guy in the sixth car to go with Ricky Stenhouse Jr., who I think can drive. No doubt Stenhouse is a little aggressive, but I think Stenhouse has got some talent. He's done okay this year. He's been great. Um, maybe it's a Ross Chastain, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. type situation next year. Do you think that's a positive 
a possibility there. I just don't see who else would go there. And Newman's an interesting uh, name to be thrown out there. Um, it, it's it. I'm curious to see who they go with. Do you think Chastain's a possibility? He could be. I've been hearing Matt Benedetto's name being linked with that team as well. But um, I think in, if I were a betting man right now and I would have put my money down, I'd go. I'd say Matt Kenseth again. Um, here's the thing. From what I'm hearing, Kenseth and Mark Martin are, are sort of being promised that you know once Jack is done running his race teams, those two are going to be basically in charge of this, and you know that's a good deal for Matt and great deal for Mark as well. So if Matt needs to ride around and, and get his head kicked in for the next couple of years and at the six in order to do that and, and help what they think is the future of this race team, I don't think there's anybody better you could put in that seat than Matt Kenseth now. What my fear is is his desire to win could go away because he's running around getting his head kicked in in the six. But you know it's better than sitting on the couch. So I think though, if if I were a betting man right now, I, you have a better chance at selling sponsorship with forty-seven year old, forty-eight year old former champion Mac Kenseth than you do anybody else right now. And I think Mac gets back into that car full time. I know he wants nothing to do with restricted plate races, but I think in the end game, he'll be back full-time next year in the six. Hey, Lee, while we're at it, um, silly season differently. I mean, you saw the sponsorship issues with Furniture Row Racing and Five Hour Energy going away. Lowe's just announced in March that they're not returning to Jimmy Dawson in the 48. You have a seven-time champion, and there hasn't been hide nor hair or anything, a peep out of anybody at Hendrick Motorsports of who's going to be on that car. What are they looking at for next year? I don't have any idea, John. Honestly, I haven't heard a peep. Red Bull was being linked in there for a couple of minutes about about the sponsorship, about sponsoring that 48, and then all of a sudden that went away, and I haven't heard one company linked in. I haven't heard how much money Rick Hendrick's trying to command for this deal. I haven't heard anything about it. So that's not a good thing. And, you know, I was talking with somebody today, and I said I could see Jimmy Johnson hanging them up at the end of the season. Unfortunately, um, you know, I know they got a two-year extension, and I know Chad just re-signed for two more years. But I that they don't sound very happy right now. And obviously, they this is kind of like a kid that comes into Major League Baseball and has success right away, or a pitcher, and then starts to get kicked around a little bit, and you're not sure how they're going to react. Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss have never been in a situation like this in their careers. They've never gone this far without a win. They've never done. They've never been this bad. I mean, they're they're, they're bad. They're they're running real bad right now for that forty-eight. They've never run like this, and you got to wonder if they're going to get themselves out of it. So I could see Jimmy hanging them up at the end of the year. And, and I think reason number one could be he may want a certain amount of money, and he definitely earned it, but. If the sponsor doesn't come through and pay Rick what he wants, is he going to lose money to pay Jimmy Johnson to ride around with no sponsor next year? And you also have NASCAR looking for the replacement for Monster Energy, and they're talking about tiered sponsorships and, like, five different title sponsors for different segments into the season. I mean, I'm looking right now, and one of the things that we keep saying about how the business model screwed up, I'm looking at the official sponsors of NASCAR. 
3M used to sponsor a team. Exide used to sponsor a team. Featherlight trailers could easily sponsor a team. Coca-Cola spreads their wealth amongst a bunch of people. You got Click and Close. You got uh, all these. Ingersoll ran the official power tool. You have Growth Energy, the official energy partner. There are 35, 40 different official sponsors of NASCAR, Peak Antifreeze, PNC Bank, um, Mac Trucks, Microsoft, Moog, Visa. People are pouring money into NASCAR, but nobody's pouring money into the teams. And without the teams, you don't have a product. When is NASCAR going to wake up and realize that, hey, we can't suck every dollar in here at Daytona Beach like they've done throughout the whole history of NASCAR because the world has changed, business has changed. They need to get their heads out of their butts. And that that day's never going to come, John. You know, I mean, I think a good start is getting Brian France out of there. But who knows what Ben Kennedy's plan is, whether or not he'll have interest in ISC. That's a big deal of it. That's a big part of it is it, is what happens with these race teams and or racetracks and what dates get shoved around and all of it. And, you know, then, okay, well, you can sponsor NASCAR, then you're going to be on a certain number of our tracks. And if Ben Kennedy's the guy and if he gets part of ISC, nothing's going to change in my opinion. So uh, it, it's – I know the Francis want to keep it in the family. It's one of those things where you have to look at it and say purses have to go up. Something's got to give here in the next couple of years. So NASCAR's going to have to start giving their money away a little bit because if they don't, it's just going to continue on a downward spiral, and right now it's ugly. And you need to wake up with your defending series champion team closing up shop. You need to wake the hell up, especially if you don't and, wake and up. Now you've, got, now you've got superstar drivers leaving because they're not getting paid enough money. Um, I think all of that will write itself with the drivers, but then you, you know, if Jimmy goes at the end of the year because he can't find sponsor, now you get a seven times champion and can't find a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> I can't put into words how disgusting that could be if you're a race fan. If they don't wake up five years from now, you, me, and Clayton will be having, instead of talking in circles, we'll be talking about who we like better, the Yankees, Red Sox, or Mets. That's about what it's going to come to in five years if they don't wake up. For sure. I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to these these silly season, and I know you guys have been probably call me crazy on this. I know I've talked to Lee about this numerous times. Uh, I think these, this rule package is going to be interesting to keep an eye on as they make these moves uh, as far as who goes where. Um, it's just, it's been wild so far. And I, listen, I know, and Lee said this to me off the air, I think it was a couple of days ago, about Jimmy Johnson possibly retiring. Um, I've, that's not the only time I've heard that. I've read that other other places too. I personally just don't see it. I think Jimmy wants to win number eight. I don't think he cares what it costs, what it takes, what it's going to take for him to win number, the championship number eight. I think he wants to go at it, and his best opportunity to do that is at Hendrick Motorsports with Chad Knauss as his crew chief. Chad Knauss just re-upped there in a multi-year deal. I think they have an agreement that they're going to work this out and try and win championship number eight. I really do. And I know you say, well, sponsorship needs to, to uh, figure this out. Sponsorship needs to make this work. I understand that completely, um, but at the end of the day, it is – I just think Jimmy 
will will do what it has to what he has to do to win a championship and try and win a championship again for number eight. Is that possible? Who knows? You're right. They seem frustrated on the radio, but they're they're having a dreadful season. This is far and away their worst year uh, of their existence. Of course, they're going to be frustrated, overly frustrated on the radio because they're having a terrible, terrible season. Much ter- much worse. There's people out there who think they're going to miss the playoffs. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. Um, but there's people out there who I, I was in a, an extensive discussion with saying Jimmy's going to miss the playoffs this year. I don't see it. I think he's going to make it. But they've had a really tough year. There's no doubt about it. And if they didn't take 16 guys, certainly he would miss the playoffs. I don't think he belongs in the playoff cha- uh, discussion or uh, championship discussion at all. But he's going to be because he's going to be in the playoffs. So um, they've struggled. And I think that's why they're frustrated on the radio. I just think number eight is going to be stronger than anything that they, that they're going to be um, you know, trying to do, but who knows, you know, I've been wrong plenty of times in the silly season and, and who knows tomorrow, maybe Jimmy says, Hey, I'm done. I didn't see Casey Kane retiring for sure. So um, who knows, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, and Lee, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. You're always a treat. We appreciate you. Lee in Virginia. Um, certainly something it brought up a lot, a lot of interesting stuff. John, I want to get your take quick on the uh, Ross Chastain-Kevin Harvick situation. Um, obviously, the next two series, that was a big, big deal last week. Um, and I know we only got a few minutes to go here, but um, Chastain run hard in a, in a three-race deal with Chip Ganassi Racing. Harvick, obviously a Cup Series veteran going out there. They're running for the lead. And they and Harvick and Chastain make contact, spin each other out, then Chastain comes down, spins Harvick out, and ruins his day. What were your thoughts on that whole situation? Well, I was listening to Ross Chastain talk to Moody this afternoon, and he did sort of say he was in a little bit over his head. Um, whenever they set up the car, he told him what he wanted, and it went totally backwards. So they went back to what the crew knew, and Ross had to learn how to drive that kind of car because what made him comfortable made the car go slower. Um, I think Ross Chastain basically put Harvick out of the Xfinity series because he said, I'm not bothering with it anymore. Unless there's some miracle comes up or something, he's done the Xfinity series. I think Ross Chastain ran well in the 42. I think Ross Chastain, um, the way the wreck happened to begin with, it was Darlington. You're going to slide up into each other. And yeah, Harvick got up a little high, got him into the wall. It wasn't like Harvick said, okay, I'm putting him in the wall. But Ross Chastain came down and hooked him. That, I mean, that's wrong. And Ross Chastain should hopefully learn from that. You don't, you don't get the bull because sooner or later, Harvick's going to come up against that 15 sometime and put him into a wall. You know, and I, honestly, John, I, I think it was a big step in the right direction. We've seen drivers, and I've talked about it numerous times, young drivers get pushed around by the veterans of NASCAR for years. And eventually you have to stick up for yourself, whether it's Joey Logano and numerous others. Uh, Chase Elliott last year against Denny Hamlin. Maybe this was Ross Chastain learning from that and saying, you know what, I'm standing up for myself. We thank you yeah, for you listening to Talking up, Circles tonight. It was a great you show. Up for yourself and after we'll the race and you go up to Harvick, not wreck him, in, uh, not wreck him on the track where you could hurt somebody. And we'll see you next time here on Talking Circles. Good night, everybody.